Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary.org, Hardcore 2.0, episode number five. Glad to have everybody with us. Steve and the mobster joining me. How's it going, buddy? Well, you it. Let's get cracking. Another bowl cut. Uh, great information from EP. Let's, uh, let, let's have it. So you're a pharmacies. Great brand. They have Sustanon and they have Decadurabolin, some of the best that you're going to find. And today we're going to talk about stacking those two together for a bulking stack. And, um, you know, listen, we're going to go over, we're going to talk about Sustanon, we're going to talk about DECA, we're going to let you in on a bunch of secrets that no one else talks about. We're going to let you in on our dying diet tactics to get the most out of the cycle. Mobster is really going to dig into training. I'm going to talk about training. Uh, this is uh, one of my best bulking stacks that I've ever run personally as well. And uh, we oh, yeah. can talk about how we trained and how we died on this. So first, let's talk a little bit about Europharmacies. Um, it is one of the top brands in the world. And I know Mobster, you're a big fan of them. I think they're very oh, yeah. solid. Um, I would no doubt uh, recommend them to myself and to my clients. Um, I've had really good results from Europharmacies. But they're, listen, at the end of the day, they're they're one of the best. They're one of the best. And you see them. They, you know, their products are top notch. Their injectables are as smooth as you're going to find. Their injectables are as clean as you're going to find. And they are lab tested and they are verified and they are heavily vetted by um, our forums. So we have a lot of respect for your pharmacies. It's it's definitely one to choose. So Mobster, why don't you talk a little bit more about your pharmacies, your experiences with them? So one of the things Steve and I were talking about in the pre-show, and something it comes up from time to time on the forums. We we there's a there's a bit of background which I won't go into specifically in terms of what makes a company an approved source. But one of the things that we like, and your pharmacist is very good at this. I think I can think of two things here, Steve, is the certificates of analysis. And essentially that's lab tested. Now you guys out there will occasionally ask, well how much does it cost to get a, a product lab tested quite simply if you're a normal customer if you spent a thousand dollars on a cycle five hundred thousand dollars is is, is kind of typical it would cost you that again for each of your products to go off and be tested but when you're a big pharmaceutical company when you are a, a steroid supplier like you are pharmacies it is within your interest to do so so you get random samples taken out of a batch of product that's been produced and you will take one or two uh, vials out from, from 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 the stack so to speak off the shelf there and you send them off to a lab because they can afford to spend 500 to a thousand dollars having products tested and the the, the the special thing that i like with your pharmacies is that if, if the product comes back and it's 97 or 98 percent accurate they say that they don't pretend it's 100 percent accurate they put up what on the screen that it contained 96. And this is, of course, allowable deviation in, you know, from one vial to the next vial to the next vial. When you're producing tens of thousands, there's going to be very, very small deviation. And quite often, Steve, that could be two or three milligrams a mil. And that tiny variation doesn't matter. But it, it shows you just how honest they are. You're not producing a COA that's 100% all the time. They're not faking stuff like that. They're producing this great thing. The other thing which I really like, Steve, not mentioned to you in your pre-show, is they've got a very, very good rep who's super duper uh, sorting out problems with us moderators or members contacting, he's on point. And I think the last thing, and this applies again to most of our approved sources, they have great customer service. My specific dealings on a monthly basis, when I'm placing orders, how long products are going to take, I think I get information back. The longest I wait would be over the weekend, but really typically 24 hours. And when you think of the thousands of customers they got, 24 hours, 
answering that many customers, dealing with uh, customer any potential customer issues, even if it's just waiting for uh, tracking information. 24 hours is about the longest you guys will have to wait. They are very, very good. And again, that's, it's a great example. Our other approved service is tip-top in this particular regards, but it's exactly what we want to see as customers from an approved source by us as moderators and obviously for the nature of these kind of podcasts. This is the kind of stuff that we're looking for, right, Steve? Yeah, it is. And uh, your pharmacy's solid, solid, solid brand for sure. And um, always... They've been around a long, long time. So they have a long track record. That's very important. You don't want to yeah. buy a brand where they're basically making it out of a toilet in some trailer somewhere, you know, and then and then bottling it up and selling it to you. That's probably that's what you're going to get at the gym from your steroid dealer. You want quality. This is this is quality. This is actually made in an actual lab by actual scientists and doctors. So so let's talk about, you know, the first compound here. Um, part of the the, the Sustanon and Deca stack that we're going to talk about is Sustanon. Now, your pharmacies has two Sustanon options. It's got the the usual 250 milligram per milliliter option, and with that one, you're going to be getting four different testosterone esters: testosterone propionate 30 milligrams, testosterone phenylpropionate 60 milligrams, testosterone isocapriate 60 milligram, testosterone decanate. 100 milligrams and that comes out to 250 so that's a typical sustenon concoction that you're going to find online uh, with sources but what's interesting with euro pharmacies is they came up with a 500 milligram per milliliter option and with that one you're doubling up those dosing so the propane goes from 30 to 60 the phenylpropionate goes from 60 to 120. The isocapriate goes from 60 to 120. And the decanate goes from 100 to 200. So you're each a milliliter is 500 milligrams. So really that gives you the flex that, that basically allows you to inject it, you know, every couple of weeks. You can just do one cc every two weeks. And that would give you 500 milligrams to 250 milligrams a week that way. Or you could do one milligram, uh, one cc a week. And that would give you 500 milligrams a week of the testosterone that way. So, you know, there's a lot of different options on that. And then, you know, Mobster and I were talking about on the pre-show about post-injection pain. Well, with me, Sussanon always has given me some post-injection pain. I just happen to be very, very sensitive to it. But with the Europharmacies, they've done a really good job with their Sussanon, both with the 250 and 500 of really cutting that down. So you don't have to worry as much about post-injection pain. They just know how to put these compounds together. And uh, Mobster, chime in on that a little bit. Yeah, as, as Stephen and I talked about in the pre-show, and you guys that listen to this podcast and check out the information we, we give and provide on the forums, know that I'm not a fan of uh, any injectable where you're exceeding 400 milligrams per milliliter. And the reasons for this is quite simple. And it, I say it's quite simple. It comes down sometimes to the carrier fluid that you're using, whether it's the kind of alcohol suspension that the steroid is suspended in, or whether it's the oil that the steroids are suspended in. And, so, and you're going to get specific reactions. There's also small things, guys, where you're not injecting it properly, you're not using a long enough needle or whatever else. And there's stuff like that. And obviously hygiene comes down to cleaning this somewhere else. And that also applies, Steve, of course, to a company producing, as you said earlier on, if they're a kitchen sink or, or, or organization, then the quality and the sterility of a product can cause post-injection pain. But the reason why I've not been a fan in the past, but as Steve said, 100% Europharmacies, I can't think of any negative feedback in the pre-show or right now where people have used their 500 milligram products and come back said they've had issues. But normally, it is the case. And it's the case because, as I said to Stephen a pre-show, the late Rich Piano did a great video some years ago when he talked about uh, huge pharmaceutical companies that first created certain steroids, including Sustanon and, and Decca. And they quite simply says, why didn't those companies produce products that were 400, 450, or 500 milligram? He said it wasn't an issue of cost because, you know, if you want to give a, a, a patient 250 milligrams, it costs, let's say for argument's sake, $5. Uh, 
uh, and you want to give they swap it out and change it for a 500 milligram product, then you just charge them $10. You don't have to lose any money. It's quite simply it's because with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of uh, potential customers in the forms of patients, the feedback that came back from the experiments that they did was quite simply that for the most part, uh, there was post-injection pain. And it wasn't that you got necessarily a greater result or whatever else. However, of course, as we all know, we're talking about performance enhancement here. And the companies that produce these 400 and 500 milligrams, especially a company like your pharmacies that have gone to the trouble of producing a smoother product, know what the customer wants. It's not being used for medical reasons. And of course, they can change the oils. They can change the alcohols and swap them around. And sometimes it's just a balance of the different esters in there. As Steve and I have just, just told you, with regards to the ratios, you know, those ratios might not have been used again in the pharmaceutical side of things because they were being used for medical reasons and not for performance enhancement reasons. Typically, if it's not an approved source, I would be very, very wary of using a 400 or a 500 milligram per milliliter product. Uh, but again, feedback from Europharmacies has to date been incredibly good. I cannot think of a single negative example of someone saying that they've taken it and had post-injection pain. Fingers crossed and a thumbs up for Europharmacies. So Sustenon, let's talk about Sustenon. Blend of uh, four testosterone esters. What are the advantages of using this? And at the end of the day, testosterone, look, our bodies produce about 100 milligrams a week in a normal situation. So... You know, the idea here is you want to use a larger exogenous amount. So you would use, say, two and a half times the amount and go with 250. Five times the amount, go for 500. Some guys go 10 times the amount, go to 1,000. It just depends on what you're after. So normal situation, the way, you know, um, testosterone is used is somewhere between 250 and 500 in a cycle. And then if you're doing it, you know, if you're a pro, your pros are going to run a thousand or more, even 1200 or 1500. We've seen some of the autopsies on these pros and they've had, you know, the pros that have passed away, they've had quite a bit in their system. We're talking 2000 or 2,500 milligrams, even of testosterone in their system. It's an insane amount. So, but obviously 99.9% .9 of you out there don't need to even think about that. You just need to run it at a correct dosage. So in this situation, anywhere between 250 and 500 will work on any cycle, you know, if you want to run Sustanon. So, you know, the benefits, increase muscle gains. You can rapidly increase your strength. Your appetite goes sky high. That's what makes it a great addition on this bulking stack. Yeah. You're also going to experience a boost in mood in a lot of cases, a boost in libido in a lot of cases. You know, so there's a lot of benefits to running Sustanon as part of this bulk. Uh, Mobster, what are some of the benefits you've noticed running Sustanon and, and running testosterone in, in, a, in a bulk? As uh, fans of these podcasts will know, and again, I'm referencing the forums here, Steve, uh, this is one of my favorite injectable cycles ever. And I mean literally ever, guys. I, I will state on record that I've previously mentioned buddies of mine in the strength arena, various strength competitors, strong uh, strength athlete competitors competing in strongman competitions, loved testing in amphate. And yet I never got a thing from it. But Sustanon and Deco combination, low dosage. I think my cycle was 675 mils since the ring a bell from those years ago was one of my all-time favorite ever cycles. And I mean that 100%. I'll, I'll reiterate what I've said in previous podcasts and again online. I went from 200, a solid 280 pounds to 300 pounds on this Susta and Decker cycle. I was slightly irritated, Steve, as a side story on the day of a competition when I had a little bet with a buddy about hitting 300 pounds, and I won. But two other guys turned up, one of which was competing, and one was 320 and one was 3.30, which kind of took the shine off me being this sort of what I thought was momentarily some sort of monster. But yeah, absolutely one of my best ever cycles. And 
I would probably say that around that time, that, that particular period of time in terms of my physical, overall physical strength, I was at my most competitive and my overall strongest those the two years before and the two years afterwards. This is when I was competing at the Arnold. This is when I was competing in Sweden. This is when I was competing in Germany, when I was competing in Spain. Internationally, winning international competitions, placing in, in international competitions, and right in the middle of there would be that Sustendeca cycle. So for me, it was an absolute gem of a cycle. And zero problems putting on bulk. Again, it has to be reiterated, guys. I'm six foot three. The average person that lives to this listen to this podcast is probably gonna be foot about five inches short, around about five ten. And you won't have started a cycle at 280 pounds. So even if you were 200, I would think you're going to be looking at 210, 215. The trick of course is to keep the muscle after these cycles. I wasn't aiming to do that at this time. It wasn't important for me to be coming, staying at 300 pounds at that time. So I was happy to go back down to a few pounds over 280. But yeah, one of my absolute all-time best ever cycles, Steve. So yeah, if there's, if there's a, such a thing as a mobster rating, this gets 10 out of 10. Now, we got to talk about side effects. Um, anytime you're running testosterone, you're you're opening yourself to, to estrogenic side effects, obviously. The more you run it, the more you're going to open yourself up, but also androgenic side effects. So, you know, on 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 the Sustanon, you can expect to get some estrogen-related side effects that are possible. So what we always recommend is run an aromatase inhibitor. So aromacin is my number one choice. Aromidex would be my second choice. So those work really good with Sustanon. What they do is they they disable the estrogen enzyme. So you keep your estrogen under control. And as part of this bulk, you definitely want to run an AI when you're stacking Sustanon and DECA together since they both do aromatize. Um, you know, some of the other side effects that you can, you know, deal with higher blood, high blood pressure, um, you know, you're, you're gaining weight rapidly. So it puts a lot of pressure on your heart, puts a lot of pressure on your organs, your, your kidneys are going to take a beating. Um, especially when you're eating a lot more food at the, at the same time. So, and it's going to strain your organs. So you want to make sure when you're running these, that you go into cycle, in good shape. Don't go into cycle if you just came off a heart attack. I mean, come on, use common sense here. Go into cycle, make sure your heart is, is healthy as it is. If you've got high blood pressure going into cycle, then you're in trouble. You know, especially on a cycle like this, but on any steroid cycle, you're going to run the risk of a stroke. You know, and um, you know, that, that happens. That happens to a lot of people. So you want to make sure keep track of your blood pressure, you run your AI, you keep your water retention under control, it's going to help keep your blood pressure under control as well. So it's very important to, to, to do that. So those are the best ways to mitigate the side effects of Sustanon. So I'm going to chime in there a little bit and we'll get into DECA talk. I, I think it is less of a side effect of the combination of drugs itself, Steve. So not really a side effects of Sustor DECA, but one of the things and I've, I've mentioned this in other shows when we've talked about gaining weight, et cetera, and, and getting used to it. Quite simply, guys, going from 200, 280 to 300 pounds, as I did on this particular cycle, the gem of the cycle back in the day, the issue wasn't the beast mode in the gym. I was fine walking around the gym, throwing up crazy weights, and, and, and amongst these other strength athletes, including world-class strength athletes, so we were pushing ourselves into crazy places and doing crazy things and winning competition and kicking ass. The issue was stupid stuff like walking up a single flight of stairs because, as Steve said, I hadn't, even with the condition that I had before, I wasn't conditioned for to the additional 20 pounds. It was fine for me as a competitive athlete to be an additional 20 pounds because my leverage, my strength was through the roof. As I said, I think it was around the peak time of my strength. That's a combination of my appliance of uh, training science and peaking on cycle, as well as obviously the insurance to performance enhancing drugs. But the, the issue is quite simply, as Steve said, you're talking about, I think, an eight to 10 week cycle, gain 20 pounds, and you don't get a chance. And especially in my case, I didn't get a chance because I didn't want to stay at 300 pounds. I didn't get a chance to get used to it. So walking up a single flight of stairs was uncomfortable. 
one of the things you could consider both an advantage and a disadvantage, depending on your point of view, guys, and I think Steve and I have discussed this previously, this is one of the few times when my appetite was so crazy, Steve, you're, and I think you and I said this in another podcast, when you're eating the food in front of you and you're thinking of the next bit of food to come, the next meal, that's how, where your appetite has gone absolutely crazy. I think you and I were talking about a peptide the other day, GHRP6, and has very similar effect where your hunger goes off the scale. I am talking about a normal amount of food in front of me that would fill my belly, and I am thinking, I'm thinking I could probably have the next meal right now. If I'm having steak and potatoes, Steve, I'm thinking I could have another steak and some more potatoes. That's how crazy the appetite is. So, guys, if you want to bulk, for me, this this is going to get you past not the kind of guys, if you're not hungry all the time or you find putting food in difficult, this this cycle for me would probably be up there in terms of appetite stimulus with the GHRP6 as a peptide. It is off the scale for me. I, 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 it's very rare for me to feel like that now these days, Steve in terms of my, my 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 hunger my appetite whatever you want to call it i'm, I'm an away i have a lot more now uh and and even now my appetite is not as crazy as it was on this cycle so yeah it's a plus and a minus guys in a first way because the minus is yes it's, it's an awful lot of food and if you guys aren't used to it you might find it a little bit uncomfortable but i didn't find it uncomfortable at the time maybe i was just ready to be 300 pounds and i i was just like yeah I think it was worse later in the day, Steve, after training. I was fine in the morning, breakfast and snacks and whatever else. But once I trained, I even with a protein shake, is like hit the lunch, hit something in the afternoon, and I'm ready to eat again in the evening. And I think it was five meals a day was no problem whatsoever. Yeah, back to you. Yeah, so you're a pharmacist. They got a really good DECA, really good DECA. Nandrolone, Decanate, or Decanoate, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, so there is this 250 milligrams a milliliter. And um, it's, a, it's a really, really solid one. And Mobster, I know you're a big fan of it. Yeah, you wanted to chime in? I was just going to – Steve and I want to talk about uh, – let me – let Steve, tell him about the specifics of DECA. And then one of the things that you and I talked about in a pre-show, I want to talk about the, uh, the, the, the so-called uh, joint thing that comes up a lot. I really want to get into that. And also the DECA dick, which I'd like you to cover if you don't mind. Yeah, so you know, deck, you know, Deca basically, it's a nandrolone, and it's got a long, it's got that long decanoate or decanate ester attached to it. Same one that you see with Sustanon, but it's a testosterone ester that they attach to it. So the reason they did that with Deca, and they call it that, it's called Deca durabolin. But the reason they did that is you can inject less often. In a higher amount. So it's basically cuts down on injections. This is why it got so popular during the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And because people just didn't like injecting in those days. And now people seem to, it's not as much of a taboo nowadays, but back then it was to do a lot of injections. So, and you know, um, so with DECA, I, I consider DECA, if you look at it structurally, it's testosterone. It's the same thing. But they altered it. And the way they altered it is that they altered it to where it is less androgenic and it is less estrogenic. So it will aromatize a fourth or a fifth less than straight testosterone. So back in the day, they would use the DECA instead of testosterone for that reason because they didn't have access to aromatase inhibitors or anti-estrogens back in, then, in those days, right? These did not come along to really the 90s. So during the 80s, what did guys do? They ran a shitload of DECA instead of running testosterone. Because if they run a bunch of testosterone, they would have to be fitted for bras. They would get gynecomastia. They would just be bloated pigs, <laughs> you know? So they would look like crap. So what did they have to do? They had to run DECA. And they ran other steroids as well that did not aromatize. So that's how DECA got popular. And, you know, listen, a lot of people nowadays, they're they're scared of DECA. 
They're scared of DECA because, oh, my God, I'm going to get DECA dick. Oh, my God, I'm going to get bloated. Oh, my God, I'm going to get fat on it. Oh, my God, this. Oh, my God, that. If you go to your gym and you talk to guys, you know, mobsters generation, 50s, 60s, and you ask them, what is your favorite steroid? They're going to tell you, yeah, DECA. They're going to say that. That's good shit. DECA is good shit because they know. They know. They've used it, you know, but the people who've never used it, who just parrot stuff on forums are going to tell you, oh, stay away from DECA. It's going to ruin your dick. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. And that's just not true. It just is not true at all. Um, you know, there's ways, you know, that we can we can talk about it. I think part of the reason, actually, that people complain about DECA dick, a lot of that is psychological. Because some guy probably in the 2000s posted on the forum who was a well-respected person on the forum who'd been around it. And they were probably going through a divorce or something stressful. So they just had problems with their libido or problems with getting an erection. And they happened to be using DECA around the same time. So then they posted about it and they started spreading it. And then other people start parroting the same thing. But it's funny, a lot of these people who say how bad DECA is on forums, they've never even used the stuff. But if you talk to people who've actually used it, like myself and Mobster, we'll tell you yeah. that is one of the best for bulking. I, I can't tell you a better steroid for bulking. It's literally the perfect steroid for bulking because it doesn't give you androgenic side effects and it doesn't cause a- estrogenic side effects as much as testosterone. So you can stack it with testosterone and not blow up like and, and get extremely bloated if you just run an AI with it. So I don't know why people bash it so much. It really is a shame. And a lot of the younger guys are scared of using it. So I hope you guys, you know, uh, listen to this podcast and, and say, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot because it's a cheap steroid. It's easy to use and it's got low side effects. And it does a lot of good things. So I, I don't understand why pe- more people don't don't try it. So, yeah, Mom should chime in. I know this pisses you off, too, hearing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%, Steve. I was go- I'll be honest here, guys. So this is man talk here. I was, when I was busy competing, my eye was not on the ball when it came to women. One, I, I wasn't dating. I didn't even think about dating. It never even occurred to me. I was. I had a business that I was doing. I'd moved to a new city, uh, halfway across the country. Uh, we were we were competing. The guy we were putting on strongman competitions. I was involved in a bunch of stuff. I was doing forum work over in the UK. I was doing a lot. I was writing articles for magazines. I was I was just about as busy and creative as a man can be at the end of his 30s in his early 40s, right up to the mid 40s, right? And so I don't think dating, my last date was at that time was literally when I moved to the city. And I don't think I dated the whole time I was there. And then the moment I left and went anywhere else, as soon as I got my head back out of my ass, I was back on the dating scene big time. But here's the thing, guys. So that's your mantle. There's your honest upfront, no bullshit. But I had zero problems with Decadic, none whatsoever. And you got to remember, for the six years I was there in that particular place, doing all that crazy stuff, busy as fuck, uh, I probably did, I think, two cycles with Decadic and Sustanon. Certainly the magic 280 to 300-pound cycle sticks in my mind. I mean, I have to really go dig back through my training diaries. But, guys, I was, to put it crudely, taking things in hand, uh, in other words, <laughs> pulling on my Johnson, whatever, with the same level of frequency, off cycle as on cycle as as whatever. Nothing changed there whatsoever. The other thing, and Steve and I talked about this in the pre-show, and I don't. It's one of those things again that guys talk about, and people will spout it, and it is complete for the most part, Steve. Complete and utter fucking nonsense. It really annoys me actually. So if if the decadic would actually be a really really big deal if it was true. And it's kind of silly because, again, we're stacking it with something else. We're stacking it with testosterone nine times out of ten. The rare time, and I mean the absolutely rare time, that it's believable that someone says they get their dick is negated when it's part of a stack. It's negated when they use another some other form of testosterone. So the other thing, well, there's two things I want to talk about. One which I think is bullshit as well, and one which is a positive. So it DECA does not, will not fix fucked up, worn out, knackered joints. It just won't. 
in studies, and I've looked this stuff up, guys, so don't take it from Mobster. Go and look. In studies, in the laboratory, there is some uptake of collagen synthesis. So you could then say it fixes joints. It does not. And here's another thing, guys. If you're on a bulking cycle, and we're going to talk about training briefly, you're going to be lifting some heavy-ass weights. And if you were as competitive as I was back in the day, you're going to be lifting heavy-ass world-class weights. So you're going to be doing crazy fucked-up shit. You're going to be either hitting the stage as a bodybuilder or you're going to be hitting a platform as a weightlifter like myself at the time. So you're essentially pushing your joints, you're pushing your soft tissues, your connective tissues, your fascia, your membranes, around the muscle, all that kind of fucking crazy stuff to the extreme where damage is incredibly high. So the risk of injury is that much higher. And Steve and I have talked about this before. If I fuck up my shoulder or my elbow or my knee lifting and I carry on lifting, I'm not giving that injury a chance to recover. DECA does not fix that. I cannot do stupid, stuck, fucked up shit and keep pounding away on a worn out, inflamed, irritated joint and expect that could have fixed it. It will not. Rehabbing will fix it. Resting will fix it. Recovery will fix it. Stopping doing the stupid shit will fix it. Certainly by comparison. DECA, even with an uptake of collagen synthesis, will not repair a worn out joint, broken down, torn tendons, etc. It just won't. It, and again, the people that say that, and, and they, they, like Steve says, they parrot it, they don't know what they're talking about. They really don't. What you will get 100% is when you're using it on cycle with that worn out joint, the joint feels better. And I believe, Steve, in simple terms, it is an increase in the fluid around the joint. It's an ovule fluid. Literally, the, the oil that lubes your bones and stops them grinding against each other in the body is called synovial fluid. And quite simply, there's a small increment. And again, that small uptake of, of, of uh, increase of uh, collagen synthesis makes you feel good on cycle but come off the cycle and you're back to the inflammation the worn out and and the injury that you had before it hasn't fixed it it's just made you feel better on that's a little, little bit like kind of using a mild anti-inflammatory but it's not repairing it it's not fixing it it's just putting an extra bit of fluid in there and making you feel comfortable on the positive which i want to add at the end of this steve as i've looked at the uh, active time as described on the Europharmacy's website, and both of these are the same, 21 to 28 days. So this is another great reason that I, I think probably never been a fan of pinning, as you know from listening to this podcast on a regular basis. If I can pin once or twice a week rather than every single day or every two days or every three days, that suits me. And I believe at the time, I'm thinking back in the day, Steve, it was two jabs a week, say on a Monday or a Thursday. And again, that's because of the length of the esters, the combination of esters, the length of time that they're in the system. And so that suited me down to the ground. I would prefer, I believe, I think, I say Monday and Thursday, I might have actually done it, Steve, so that I did. I was doing it on my rest days, so that I wasn't training after I'd given myself an injection. And that's another tip again, guys, for not uh, jabbing yourself and then hitting the gym and targeting the same muscle that you've just pinned. As another way of reducing post-injection pain and discomfort. So, yeah, off the top of my head, Steve, I'm thinking what I did back in the day, but we're talking about in my mid-40s, so, yeah, 16, 17 years ago now. Um, uh, certainly, yeah, 13 years ago. And I think and I did it on my rest days for that reason. And, again, twice a week suited me down to the ground because both of these have the same active time, very, very similar half-lives, et cetera, et cetera. So they were great for me, bulking, hitting the gym, and not having to pin as frequently as perhaps using something else. Better used it. Yeah, and then let me go back to the whole libido and erection thing. Guys, you didn't see uh, every other commercial on TV about Viagra and Cialis and dick drugs back in the 80s. You didn't see every other commercial on TV about laxatives or gas X or Pepto-Bismol or something with the gut. The diets in the 80s was more... You didn't have the refined sugars, refined oils, and everything. You didn't have, have all this crap in our food, all this crap, all these preservatives, all these food dyes, all this other shit. So it's literally we're getting poisoned. So libido and erection problems, guys. A lot of people are quick to point their finger 
oh yeah, steroids gave me this this problem. No, no, it was the food that you've been eating for the past 20 years that gave you this problem. Literally, my generation grew up on cereal. I mean, and cereal is full of refined sugars, refined flour, food dyes, gluten, soy, all this shit, all this processed junk. That because that's literally what cereal is. It's a it's processed junk in a box. And we grew up eating that shit. And then on top of it, we grew up eating cows, drinking cow's milk with it. And cow's milk is processed the same, it's pasteurized. I, I don't, I'm not gonna say processed, but it's pasteurized to hell. So all the benefits are zapped away, and it's basically all sugar. So then we wonder why, as adults, we suffer from all these gut issues and erection issues and all this shit. Look, in the 80s, guys used DECA. They never complain about erection issues. But magically now, everyone has erection issues. It's not from the DECA. It's from the foods you're putting in by. It's from the water you're drinking. It's from the environment. You know, um, it's just it's just sad. I mean, our oceans are polluted. Our streams are polluted. Our lakes are polluted. I mean, it's just crazy. So you know, you didn't have these issues back then like we do today. Now everybody has erection issues. By the time they're 30, they can't even get it up. They can't. They have to take a, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, let's let's back up a little bit. And I just have to laugh at some of these people who, you know, have any sort of credibility who claim, yeah, this steroid gave me this problem. They want to blame their erection problems on the steroid. The number one issue for erection problems is blood flow. It's a lack of blood flow to the penis, which is why your penis can't get erect. So what? why would a steroid cause blood flow issues? Think about it. It's because you're not in shape. You've got a bad heart health in the first place. So you're at bad heart health. Then you use steroids, you get worse heart health. So no shit, you're not going to be able to get an erection. So Do you know the, what, Steve? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'll jump back into this. Two other things that the guys – it's one of those little things and it's a kind of hint and a little snippet of information sometimes guys we will ask you i'm i'm especially good i think at asking people on the forums this thing so someone will come on and say i want to run this cycle and, and and i'm one of the first guys to say tell us a bit about yourself so if a person says they've got particular issues i go well oh, are you overweight oh so you didn't mention you, that you were overweight you didn't mention that you're fat so straight away, they're going to have estrogen issues. It's much more likely to have estrogen issues when you're overweight. So the good example here, and here, here's something that causes ED. Two things, if I, three things, Steve. Number one, well, number that's, that's loads. One, poor health. If you are out of shape, as Steve said. So that's number one. Number two, stims. The amount of guys that use in the gym stimulants uh, and I'm talking about caffeine and everything else that you can possibly use in pre-workouts, will sometimes cause shrinkage and, you know, a, a lack of blood pressure to go to the places that you want that blood pressure to go to. So that's one for you. Guys, you're more likely to stay up late. You're more likely to, you're getting less sleep now than you probably had before. And that's because there's a lot more things to watch. There's a lot more things to do. Way, 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 way back in the day, and I'm talking about medieval times here, you went to bed when the sun went down. You might have woke up at midnight and had a snack. That was a kind of medieval thing. And then you went back to sleep again. And you were you weren't staying up all night playing video games? Oh, no, no. <laughs> you wasn't watching MTV. You wasn't playing video games. You wasn't Snapchatting. You wasn't on Tinder. You wasn't doing all that kind of stupid fucked up shit. You wasn't texting your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your significant other. You wasn't uh taking silly photographs and memes and god knows what else you wasn't on facebook you you went to bed early so you got sleep i mean there's another one as well and this is something that guys very rarely mention and i say guys i mean men and women very rarely mention and yet it's it's also something that will affect that particular area male and female for that for that matter steve is that their recreational drug use and I don't just mean alcohol, because that's a great one for getting you out of shape, although that can have a similar effect. But the recreational drug use, fuck it, Steve, let's include alcohol. If you guys come onto the forum and you train like beasts and your meals are on point and you, you, you've got this perfect cycle worked out and you're taking pump products and pre-workout products and a post-workout shake, but you forget that you were sniffing coke off the fucking toilet seat for hours with your buddies and you can't remember how many sniffs you had and you were up to three o'clock in the morning having beers and to use that wonderful euphemism that we use on both sides of the ocean here 
partying when what you really mean is using recreational drugs for hours. And I'm talking about cocaine, I'm talking about ketamine, I'm especially talking about speed. Some of those things in small, small, small doses are aphrodisiacs and kind of useful. But if you get a little bit carried away, if you forget how much you use, and again, how many drugs this day and age, especially recreational drugs, a couple of other things, it ends up having an effect. And if you go, it was the Deca, when I go, no, 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 it was that Coke that you was having at three o'clock in the morning at the nightclub with your buddies, you forgot to mention the Coke or you forgot to mention how out of shape you are. You forgot to mention that you're doing 16-hour work days. You forgot to mention that you're working seven days a week. You forgot to mention all those other things. Well, those are the things you should be looking at too. And in fact, arguably, we can give you advice on nutrition, on training and performance enhancement drugs. We're not there telling you to be good boys and girls and not do these other things, but they can and will have an effect. So if you are up late on PlayStation or the Xbox and you're using drugs, hey, guys, gamers, professional gamers use recreational drugs to be good professional gamers. There's an industry there. There's money to be made if you're at the top level. But they're using recreational drugs to do these 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16-hour tournaments. So, guys, recreational drugs will fuck you up. Being out of shape will fuck you up. Poor diets will fuck you up. It ain't the DECA. And if it's if it's if it is the DECA, as Steve said, guys my age, we ought to have more problems than you. So why do we think DECA's the bee's knees? Why did we not have DECA dick then? And then one or two people got it and it suddenly become an issue. And then years later, way, way, way more people are using I mean, we I Steve and I, we're we're of an age where we can turn around and say there are younger guys using erectional uh, ED drugs and they're in their 20s. Why are they using it? Are they using it just because they will not perform all night? Fine, no problem at all. But are they using it because they're having issues that come with ill health, poor sleeping habits and recreational drug use? Yes, yes, and yes. That's the reason. As much as it is about wanting to show a girl a good time and perform all night, it is as much of that as the other things too. So keep that in mind, guys. If not, for me and for people of my generation, I could say I, I could go to the gym right now and do the rest of this podcast and I could walk around asking all my buddies in the gym that are 40, 50, 60 years of age. Some of those fellows are on TRT and they're still performing. It's not the Decca, guys. It really isn't. Back to you, Steve. We're going to get into more into diet and training. But first, let's talk about stacking. Now, here's a simple stack for everyone to follow. You can do 250 to 500 milligrams of both the DECA and the Sustanon in a cycle. Now, a lot of people will say, which is partially true, you've got to run these at least 12 weeks because really it's going to take a long time because of that long decanoate ester, decanate ester. It's got a long half-life, 15, 16-day half-life, meaning it's going to take around 60, 70 days to reach peak in your system. That's a long time. But, you know, at the end of the day, you also have to remember when you stop injecting it, it's also going to take 60, 70 days to be out of your system. So a 12-week yes. cycle where you're injecting for 12 weeks is really going to be like an 18, 19-week cycle where it's going to be in your system. So it's very important to keep that in mind with this. This is a long cycle. This may be a situation where this is your only cycle of the year. All right. And you run a nice long PCT and you come off for a long time. Very, very important, which is good. You know, give your body a break. But um, look, at the end of the day, it's OK to go 12 weeks. It's OK. You don't have to go longer. Um, you know, so what if you leave gains on the table because you didn't go 14 or 16 weeks? Who cares? I mean, this is a marathon, not a sprint. All right. So yeah. you're going to gain a lot of a lot of bulk in the 12 weeks where you're on it. So. Anywhere from 250 to 500 of each. Now, the whole ratio thing, oh, I've got to run this much testosterone with DECA. It's got to be this ratio. You'll hear that a lot on forums too. And that's completely made up. It's just something that someone came up with 10 years ago and they just paired it. At the end of the day, it's your decision. Do you want to run more test, more of the Sustanon or do you want to run more of the DECA? It just depends on each person. If you want, you know... It, 
it, it just depends on how you react to these. If you want a little less of an androgenic effect on this cycle, then go ahead and run less sustenon on this. You know, this way you can kind of let the DECA kind of do the work. It's a more mild cycle. You're not going to get as much androgenic effects, you know, in the cycle. But if you just, if you want more androgenic effects, if you want more aggression, if you want more strength, then you'd run the sustenon on higher and you get more of that effect, you know. And also it, it never hurts to run more conservative or more lower dosages. So you're not going to hear that on other podcasts. Other podcasts are trying to sell you gear. They want you to buy more gear. No, I'm going to tell you less is better. The yeah. If you run a conservative amount, you're going to have less side effects. The less you run, the less side effects you're going to have. I mean, is that not true? Can anyone disagree with me that the less you run, the less side effects you're going to get? So start, you know, maybe the first time you run these together, maybe do do you know do 250 milligrams of each a week or do 500 milligrams of each of each a week or 250 of one and 500 the other and then later on then you can start expanding your horizons and running a little more so that would be the dosage and then aromasin aromasin use aromadex use is going to be contingent on how much of the sustenon you're using because that guy does not aromatize very much compared to the sustenon so based on the sustenon you're using an example, if you're running 500 milligrams of the sustenon a week, you're going to want to run about 12 and a half milligrams two to three times a week of the aromasin. And then you can kind of move move your dosages up and down. Blood work doesn't hurt. Um, if you want to get blood work done on cycle, make sure your estrogen is balanced. But it's important to balance your estrogen. You don't want to drop your estrogen too much, and you don't want your estrogen to get too much out of control either. So, I mean, that's, it's as simple as that guys. And, and, and that would work very well for you on a, on a 12 week cycle. Another thing I would consider too, is because of the effects of the DECA has on DHN levels, dihydronanolone in the body, you're going to get that met metabol metabolization in the body of that DHN. So you may want to stack in a little bit of proviron. And that's a really good idea with any nandrolone to cause, create that balance because that proviron gives you that DHT boost and the nandrolone, in, in this case, the decadrobolin is boosting DHN. So you get more of a DHN, DHT balance. So 25 milligrams a day of proviron added to this as an ancillary is, is also a good idea along with that aromasin. So those are two things that I personally would recommend to you to run as ancillaries with this stack. So Monster, why don't you talk about how you've stacked it before and give yeah. your thoughts, and then we'll get into diet and training tips. Yeah, I mean, so I'm thinking off it again. I'd have to, I'm, I'm going back for the old memory banks here, Steve. I think in eight to 10 weeks, for the simple reason that Steve said, there's still going to be something in your system. My last jab, even when I'm on oral, my last pill, is typically the day before the competition and occasionally the day of the competition. It's one of those things where you're not going to get any stronger in those last 24, 48, 72 hours, uh, especially when you're using something like uh, Decanate, uh, Deca and uh, Sustanon from EP. You're not going to, they're in your system long enough that jabbing a week before wouldn't make any difference. It's still going to be there in your system. It's still going to be doing the work it's supposed to be doing. Something else, I'll, I'll reiterate what Steve just said about the lower dose. Here's the thing. Guys, and I some this is the thing that sometimes annoys me, and you see this more on other forums than you do on uh, our forums. Occasionally, it creeps in, and it's only because the guys that say it are fans of large doses themselves, and they, they, you know, for them, more equals more in their heads as as often in their heads as it is physically. So here's the thing, right, guys, and and this is why again I like our approved sources because our approved all the approved sources we got including neuropharmacies, do not push you to use large doses of products. So, I mean, here's how this should work, guys. If a company wants to make money, they should be pushing you to use a lot, right? And so that they can make maximize their profit, so they can maximize their turnover. But here's the thing, when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs, sorry, I want you to return as a customer. If I'm a supplement, if I'm a steroid supplier, it's all well and good me selling you a $2,000 cycle. And I, you know, I'm on a thousand plus milligrams of this. I'm on 500 milligrams of that. I'm on 2,000 milligrams total a week. That's great. For me as a company, it sounds fantastic. I've just taken $2,000 off you. 
you're using loads and loads of my product and boom, there's, that's, there's my profit gone up that week. But in reality, most of these listeners that are listening to this podcast right now don't need to be using mega doses to get a great response. Again, mine was under 700 milligrams a week, combining the two drugs together with two jabs. So it averaged out, I think 675 around that kind of level per week. And I gained 20 pounds on that cycle. Now I didn't keep 20 pounds because I didn't want to keep 20 pounds, but there's, we're going to get into training nutrition afterwards with some suggestions as to keep and retain some of the bulk. But here's the thing, guys. EP and other approved sources, but especially Euro pharmacies, they want you to return as a customer. I would rather have you, like Euro pharmacies, come back again and again and again. I'll get my $2,000 because you're going to come back and post a bunch of orders because the product works so well because you didn't have the mega dose and you still bulked incredibly well. With the mobster tips and the Steve tips to telling you how to retain weight, with the information that Europharmacists provided, their rep post articles on the forums themselves, all telling you training tips, keeping you on point, keeping you in the game, keeping you training. You younger guys are going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. I want a magic wand. I want to put on 20 pounds every cycle. Nope. You want to put on 10 pounds. Trust me, guys. You want to put on five or six pounds every cycle. Bulking will be 10 pounds and retaining six pounds. That's what you want to do. And it makes you a returning customer. You'll come back and you'll recover and you take, you do your PCT, you take your time off and you'll come back and do another cycle. And because the last cycle from EP works so well, you'll do another EP cycle. Hell, guys, you don't even have to change your thing. There's something else I've talked about before on the forums. There are guys that seem to think they have to change the dosage, the, 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 the frequency of pinning the drugs every single cycle. No. If Sus and Decker put weight on you on the last cycle, then the next time you bulk, do it again. Don't, don't, you don't have to change a single thing. You can leave the dosages the same, but you might not gain exactly the same amount of weight as before. That's fine. That's actually normal. And even if you double it up, you won't not necessarily gain the same amount of weight as you made before. Again, first cycles, amazing. Second and third cycles, you're, you're, you're improved, but you won't put on 10 pounds like you did that first time. It might be eight pounds. It might be six pounds. It might be five pounds. It depreciates. It does. But you'll still gain. You will get harder. You will get bigger. You will get stronger. It, as, as Steve said earlier on, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And for me, a bulk cycle like this from EP, I would happily do it now if I was a younger guy looking to put on the kind of weight that I was back in the day and I would do exactly the same doses as I did before. And from a, as I said, from a, a selling point of view, it's a great thing because you're going to come back and you're going to redo the cycle. You're going to return as a customer who goes, you know what, that last cycle that I got from EP was so successful, I'm going to do it again. No need to do crazy amounts. No need to put up with the irritability that sometimes comes with high dosage cycles, especially high dosage strain, et cetera. No need to suffer through the blood pressure problems that Steve talks about by gaining 20 or 30 pounds, uh, as again, some, some users will occasionally do. No need to put up with any of those things because you feel so good on these cycles. You come back again and again and again. And listen, guys, if supermarkets worked on the same basis that some steroid suppliers do, you'd go in, empty half the shelves, and then never shop again. <laughs> That's no good to the supermarket, and it's no good to a company that wants to sell your product again and again and again. So sensible doses, low doses, low side effects, successful at the end, adding weight makes you makes for a returning customer. And that's why companies like Europharmacies don't need you to do crazy amounts. They would rather have you come back as a customer again and again and again. Back to you, Steve. At the end of the day, appetite with this stack. Appetite was something that I, I had amazingly. So as Mobster yeah. was saying earlier, I, I didn't feel satiated when I would eat. So this is, you know, this is at the end of the day, obviously you want to bulk, you want to take advantage of the bulk, but you don't want to eat crap. You don't want a dirty bulk. I don't believe in dirty bulking. Dirty bulking is a bad idea. Dirty bulking will change your insulin sensitivity. It will drop it very drastically. Insulin sensitivity can be adjusted. It takes only two weeks. You can literally switch it off and on within two weeks. So 
if you eat crappy, you say, oh, I'm just going to eat crappy on this cycle. I just want to bulk. I want to gain as much weight as I can. Well, that's going to have ramifications down the line because you're going to want you're going to continue eating this crappy food and you're going to want to continue eating junk food. So those of you out there who are like addicted, you're addicted to fast food, restaurant food because you like the taste of it. Right. Take it from me as someone who finds that food disgusting. Once you stop consuming it, and believe me, when I was in my early 20s, look, I was in college. I was a poor college kid myself, right? And I would go to the college cafeteria, and really, you didn't have much options. You had the the, the greasy fast food burger. You had the pizza, the crappy pizza. You had this this all this fast food at, at your fingertips. You really didn't have any options to eat healthy. Okay. So I get it. I've been there and I used to have, I used to eat that food too. I used to eat McDonald's, you know? Um, so I, I get it, you know? And what happens is once you stop eating that crap, which I haven't touched that crap in probably, I would say 15, 16 years, I haven't touched that shit. Probably longer, more like 17, 18 years. Even the smell will make, will disgust you. So don't listen to all these IFYM people who say, yeah, go eat crap, go eat crap, don't worry, you're balking. Bulk the correct way with high-quality foods, okay? Good quality foods, good quality protein sources, good quality fats, good quality carbs, all right? And it's a cliche, but the whole you know, um, chicken, brown rice, and broccoli meal that you see bodybuilders, you know, say that they eat all the time well it's true that's really because you've got your vegetable you got your good your brown rice you got your clean carb and you got your protein that chicken breast so a good quality chicken breast there's some um if you look at some of these condiments out there and you look at what's in these barbecue sauces and see all the refined sugars and refined oils that they put in this crap and they make it unhealthy so either make your own marinade for your meats, or you can buy a good quality one from a health food store and just look at the ingredients and see what's in it. And what you can do is you can marinate your meats, marinate your chicken breast, throw it on the grill, okay? And then you'll have food prepped for a few days. Like yesterday, yeah. I got two pounds of chicken breast. I got a pound of steak, New York strip steak, right? Lots and lots of fat on my steak, and it's grass-fed on top of it. And um, I took it, I brought it home, I marinated, I use a special barbecue sauce that doesn't have any refined oils, no refined sugars, all right? And then I put salt, pepper on the steak, that's all you need for a steak, threw it on the grill, slow cooked it on the grill for like 30, 40 minutes, then put it in the container, and now I have food for the next three, four days, just from that. Yeah. I have my proteins from that. I got a big thing of salad. Uh, green lettuce i can chop that up make myself a salad so now i got salad steak chicken breast brown rice i got a, a rice cooker i can make brown rice that's all i mean what else do you need fruit i got some fruit that's my diet i mean and it's all natural there's nothing bad in it there's no nothing processed nothing refined and you can bulk on that and that's plenty of food for you to bulk and it's not expensive if you cook it on, you got to learn to cook on your own, guys. A grill, an air fryer, an oven, yeah. a stovetop. I mean, just you got to learn to cook at the end of the day. You can't depend on restaurant food. So my diet advice, I'm going to bring Mobster to talk a little bit about diet, and he's going to get into more into training as well. Yeah. But yeah. look, at the end of the day, my advice is stay away from processed shit. Stay away from refined shit. Know what you're putting in your body and eat clean. You're going to eat more food on this cycle because you're going to be more hungry, and that's good. You're growing. You're going to put on size. You're going to put on muscle. You're going to put on weight, but eat clean. This way, you don't throw off your insulin sensitivity and make yourself fat, and then that fat is going to be hard to get rid of. So, Momster, why don't you chime in on this? Give us your thoughts on diet and training. I'll give, I'll give you like a real simple approach here, guys. And again, you know, I, I understand the nature of when you're younger and the availability now of food around us 24-7 with apps and everything else. It's real, real easy to order a pizza. It's real, real easy to order Chinese in and that kind of food and whatever else. 
right? But here, here's the thing. Yeah, and again, this is one of those retention of the muscle after a cycle as much as anything else, right? So here's what I would do now compared to perhaps what I was doing back in the day. Now, right now, this day and age, this morning, Steve, I'm, I'm using a, a, another uh, steroid in a minute, uh, an oral, and this morning I weighed 322 pounds. So guys, you know, if you listen to these podcasts, I will declare a weight and it's, I think I've been sitting around 317 pounds for a while, but the particular steroid that I'm using at the minute, an oral, is half a pound a day. And I'm at the 317 pounds. I've not, do you know what? I've barely changed my diet. And uh, so here's the thing that I would do, especially if I was on an actual bulk, and especially if I was doing EP Sustendeca. I would add one meal and I would up my protein. And how would I do that? So a meal, it might be, like Steve said already, a large Tupperware tub with a couple of good-sized, not too watery-filled, thank you very much, chicken breast, so organic would be really good, with a little bit of spice on it, like Steve, some sort of, I mean, not, I'm, I don't like hot spices, so some sort of mild spice chicken uh, stuff to crisp, but I, I'd leave the skin on. You're in a bulk, so I'd leave the skin on. Let's get some flavour in there, and then, Something like Steve said already, sweet potato or or normal potato and something like broccoli or some kind of bean or whatever else in there. And I would make that big enough so that we're looking at somewhere like 500, 600 additional calories. And then for my protein, and I know Steve's not a fan, but I don't mind and it works for me. So we'll go with what works. I would up my protein. So if, for example, uh, a post-workout protein shake was too scoops so 50 50 grams of a concentrate so that's about 40 grams uh about an ounce and a half of uh, protein uh, i would add another shake i would add another shake later in the day it might be one scoop it might be two scoops so now i've got the additional meal which is going to give me off the top of my head steve here i'm thinking something like uh those two chicken breasts Small ones are going to give me an additional 25 grams per breast. So that's 50 grams. Large ones is going to give me a bit more. And the, the additional protein, I'm having another 80 grams of protein a day. And I'm having about another 600, 700 calories. And that for me, that extra meal, the one I've been looking forward to because my appetite's through the roof, like I told you alone, guys. And the additional protein is size and energy and bulk. It is weight on the scale. It is weight at the end, of, but it's mostly muscle because I haven't ate crap like Steve said. So there's there's the mobster trick. I want to get into the training now, Steve. Talked about this off air. Let's talk about it now. Right, guys. So my current shoulder and arm routine is one week is kind of heavy, heavy, heavy shit. Overhead press, stupidly heavy because I'm very good at them. Uh, a very least loose, it has to be said, a big cheating style hammer curls with crazy, crazy weights per, per hand, and then skull crushes. And then the other session is more comp uh, more isolated. So uh, side laterals for shoulders uh, are more of a con concentrating alternate dumbbell curl. It's not a concentration curl, but I'm concentrating more on a contraction and then try some kickbacks. So here's what I said to Steve. If I was on a bulk and I was specifically aiming to bulk up, it would be compounds. It would be the big fuck off heavy ass stuff it would be again just pressing no side laterals i just want to put mass on my shoulders it would be those it would be very very heavy easy bar curls if i could still do those or the super heavy hammer curls that i do now a big heavy exercise for my biceps a big heavy exercise for my my shoulders the same for back the same for triceps Triceps would be nothing but skull crushers. If you guys can do them, if you don't have joint issues, dips. Benching would be either flat or incline. Pick what you like, guys. Machine, barbell, dumbbell. But again, a heavy pec exercise. Back would be rows or chins or deadlifts. Perhaps one or two. Might even, as I do right now, I tend to rotate through those particular exercises. I even do a, a hammer style machine with a mid-ISO row, but again, we'll look at, I, I try to fill those pegs up on the side. So it'd be something, it's going to be crazy heavy, our shit. Squats, 
so different squats has got to be in there somewhere. If you can do them, squats, uh, uh, leg press. I do squats and leg press. I don't, I don't, I don't, I said, I vary the kinds of squat that I do, but right now, all my squats are heavy. And if I was bulking, do you know what, Steve? The one thing I might change on the repetition, especially with the legs, is up the reps. Now, that's hard to do. If you can get up to uh, 200 kilos, 440 pounds for you Americans, and do 12, 13, 14 reps, your metabolism goes through the roof. Now, that's a great thing to do on a bulk. You don't need to up the reps on the other exercises, but if you can do them on squats, and to a lesser degree, if you can do them on deadlifts, your metabolism, your hunger, you become a furnace, and the ability to consume that food and turn it into muscle afterwards, especially when you're using uh, Europharmacies, Nandrolone, uh, Decanate, and Sustanon, is, is, is bulk city. It really is, guys. So isolation, would not. I'm not going to be doing kickbacks. I'm not going to be doing concentration curls. I'm not going to be in side laterals. I'm probably not going to do dumbbell flies if I was a bodybuilder. I, I, if my, my leg extensions are going to be super heavy. My, my leg curls might be super heavy, or I might do uh, some sort of Romanian deadlift or, or something similar. I'm not looking to do concentration. I'm not, nothing's isolating, nothing. It really isn't. I'm the, the biggest, heaviest weights I can use for reps. It has to be for reps, guys. You're not weightlifters. We're talking about bulking here, weightlifters or not. You need to be doing it for reps. It's going to stimulate the size, and size is bulk. I will say bulk doesn't have to be fat and out of shape. So, I don't mind adding a few pounds of softer tissue, fat, and a little bit of water on a bulk, but let's not get that belly overhanging the belts. Let's not decide that you can hit the buffet or you can hit the deli and you can have a ton of processed food. You don't get the Steve, I'm, I'm with Steve. I could not tell you. I, 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 I can remember doing it, but I couldn't tell you how long ago it was that I've been to McDonald's. I would literally have to be starving to hit McDonald's and nearly starving to hit Burger King. I couldn't tell you the last time. I know the last time I had a burger, Steve, but it was in a pub with some chips and a pint. It, I, I have not been to a fast food joint in years. I don't have to. I don't want to. I'd have to be on a desert island and they'd have to open up a, a fast food place around the corner on the desert island for me to hit it. I, I would literally have to be starving. I've, I've gone without rather than go to McDonald's before. And that's not, a, it's not a thing on McDonald's per se. It's just that I, I've, I've, I, 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 I can feed myself. I know it to feed. I know it to cook. And I know it to make good choices when I go to go get food from shops and whatever else. So, yeah, guys, compounds, clean bulk, don't have to get crazy dirty. A little bit out of shape is fine. In fact, it's great for the compounds. It's great for adding extra muscle tissue. It's not just weight on the scale. It's about muscle. We can get into another podcast, Steve, about retaining the bulk retaining the new tissue after a cycle. But yeah, Nandrolone, Decanate, Sustanon, heavy ass training. Your appetite's going to go through the roof. Eat the way that we told you, told you to eat. Train the way that we're telling you to do it and keep those dosages low. And if you can't bulk on this, then I've got some kryptonite with your name on it, Steve. All right. Well, it's fantastic show. We appreciate everybody listening. Uh, definitely, if you want to get in touch with us, come on the forums. We're there. Yeah. I post under Steve SMI. Mobster is posting under the Mobster or Mobster. And um, yeah, come come check us out, guys, on the forums. If you have any questions, we would love to get in, uh, to help you guys out. So, Mobster, take us a disclaimer. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions on these shows are ours and ours alone. It's our view based on our experience and views on the topic and podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the culture.